Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Dr. Lisa M. Pinckney with the Neal Management Group. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about the Neal Management Group. How are you serving folks? Yes. So the Neal Management Group is a healthcare consulting company. We were started back in 2004, and we focus on regulatory compliance, mainly in the laboratory science field. And since 2004, we have grown. I've evolved to doing regulatory compliance and helping with auditing in various industries, whether it's food, blood bank, medical offices, medical physician offices. And currently, I am working in the health, public health department field, helping them with their inspections and laboratory science. Now, what's your backstory? Have you always been involved in this line of work? I have. I have over 35 years of uh, laboratory science experience, and I have been a regulatory compliance auditor for 25 years. So I bring a wealth of experience to this industry. So how has the industry changed over the years? So over the years, I think we have the industry has changed because initially we we weren't as focused on regulatory compliance in the different fields and now with you know from covid to other pharmaceutical companies having challenges and physicians labs being closed i think the industry has evolved because there has been more regulations so as a result my company helps organization prepare for inspections help interpret the regulations and then we help you after inspections are conducted so you help them if there's any issues kind of get compliant or kind of be proactive in that area exactly exactly now is that are you seeing that as a trend going forward that there's going to be more and more regulations like i understand in covid you know we were trying to do things in a hurried manner and now there's less maybe urgency in some areas so there's regulations kind of take a bigger role yeah yeah and you're absolutely right during covid things move very quickly And now what I'm seeing is that organizations that had these pop-up laboratories, now they're going back and thinking about, okay, did we check all the boxes? Do we have the right quality controls, quality assurance? Are we looking at ourselves? Are we using the correct reagents? Um, So we are very, very busy. um, And we have, we are here to help ensure that these pop-up labs have been brought into compliance. Now, uh, can you share a story of maybe working with a company that maybe was struggling in this area and you were able to help them get to a new level? 
you don't have to name obviously the name of the organization, but maybe share the challenge they had and the result. So yeah, I have a a, a story I can share. A few years ago, I was brought into a physician office lab who had it was um, a pain management laboratory. Uh, he was a pain management physician. He had set up a lab in his suite and he had apparently had not prepared everything um, appropriately and was inspected by um, COLA, an organization, and they had received an inspection report of about 27 items. And 27 is a large number. (laughs) And so as a result, I was brought in. I did an initial assessment. I looked at, I definitely reviewed the report and looked to see what are some of the key findings. And essentially, they did not have the right systems and processes in place. Um, So a lot of things that they were doing, like some of the testing, you couldn't ensure the quality was was adequate, like either they did not test with the proper controls or um, the storage of the samples were inadequate or they didn't have the right standard operating procedures. So I created a plan, a remediation plan. First, we responded to the inspectors. You have to respond to that 27 item inspection report. So I helped them create a response within two weeks And we talked about how we were going to put systems and processes and SOPs, standard operating procedures in place. And we would um, work towards remediating some of the issues that took, you know, three to six months to to remediate some of the issues. Um, But we were able to bring the lab back into compliance after several months. Now, do you have any advice for people running labs uh, right now to low-hanging fruit that they can be doing to make sure and ensure that they're kind of in compliance? Or is this something that you really do need a kind of an expert with fresh eyes, like an outsider to come in to look at things and to make sure everything's right? Well, I can give them some basic advice. Um, If you're thinking about starting up any type of laboratory, that is within the United States, I think you need to first look and see what federal regulations are out there. And the most visited place for laboratory uh, regulations is um, through CMS, the Center for Medicaid and Medicare. Um, And they have the basic reg, which is CLIA, Clinical Laboratory Improvement Act. 88. And that is a good starting point. And those are the basic guidelines for starting any type of laboratory in the U.S. And do you have a sweet spot when it comes to clients? Do you work be- better with super large firms or um, or smaller ones? Is there kind of a, a place that you find that these are your favorite clients? So, Starting out, of course, I I started with the smaller ones, but what I have found is um, small to medium type of organizations are the ones that I work 
best with. The larger ones usually have a whole um, office or department for um, quality oversight. So what I find is the smaller small businesses tend to try and do it quick and then they miss a few steps. So I try to help them um, come up to speed and, you know, in the most cost effective manner possible. Now, can you talk a little bit about the Emerald Conference? Yes. So recently, I had a poster session at the Emerald Conference in San Diego, California, and it was sponsored by MJ Biz, um, their science department. And that was a very exciting conference. I had a great, great opportunity to showcase um a poster or a brief or paper that myself and a colleague did. Um, and it was around um, how are we ensuring quality testing in our cannabis testing laboratories? And so what we did essentially is use ISO 17025, which is an international standard to ensure you know, essentially laboratory quality and calibrations and processes are put in place. That's what the standard is about, laboratory science, essentially. And we looked at the 39 states that have a medical cannabis license or program laws. And we looked to see what states are following ISO 17025. And our results were that a large number of the 39 states the District of Columbia and our three territories, about about 18 to 20 were in compliance with ISO. Five or six were partially in compliance. And then there were four, st- four or five states that were not following ISO. And, you know, those are the states that concern me because how are you ensuring a quality product or quality testing is being performed? So that was the beginning of our research. And we're going to continue to um, utilize that as a foundation for showing or showing the need for quality um, testing to be conducted in the medical cannabis space. And you see that as something that that's only going to get larger, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's such a need and we need to have really national standards. But as you know, um, cannabis, medical or recreational is still illegal um, nationally and federally. So it's it's a challenge. You know, this the patchwork across our United States, every state has their own law laws. And so um, there is no standardized approach to medical cannabis testing. So that's why we picked the ISO standard, which is internationally known. Now, can we talk a little bit about why it was important for you to become certified uh, as a disadvantaged business enterprise and a minority business enterprise? Was that done strategically? um, And and do you have any recommendations for others who might uh, benefit from those certifications? Absolutely. So yes, my company um, is a 
DBE, which is Disadvantaged Business Enterprise, as well as a Minority Business Enterprise Certified. And I think it's very useful. Um, I obtained those certifications several years ago because I think it's important that um, as a small business owner, you have the basic foundation and infrastructure that's needed to run a small business. I take being a small business owner serious. I have been one for 18 years now, and I want to be able to show that I have the right um, standards, the credentials, and the foundation for conducting business in the states as well as at the federal level. So that is, that's what kind of pushed me there. Um, and I knew I would be a small business owner. I knew my career path was going in that direction. So, um, that's where I am. I think my, my advice to people who are starting out, um, it's worth the investment. I look at it as an investment in my business that, you know, I spend, what, a few hundred dollars up front for becoming certified, and it will help in the long run as we move forward with bidding on state or federal contracts. So, And those are almost must-haves if you're going to do that kind of bidding on, on those types of projects, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm in the process of getting my um, woman's own um, small business certification as well through SBA. And are you familiar with the GWBC, Greater Women's Business Council? I think so. I've seen that certification. Yeah, I've seen that organization, but I'm not a part of that one right now. Should definitely check them out. They do great work. They're part of the WeBank system and they're, they cover Georgia and the Carolinas. Yeah. And uh, so what do you need more of? How can we help you? Oh, <laughs> um, you know, right now I'm, I'm working um, on some educational products that I'm putting out, working with my alma mater, uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, so at some point we I'm very serious about educating future lab science professionals so I'm working on a project with them right now. I am just um, positioning myself for what's coming next after the next three to five years, um, maybe bidding on some contracts. But um, I don't know. I just right now I'm into laboratory science, scientists and making sure that the ones we have out there are well educated, certified and I take laboratory science very seriously. <laughs> now, if, if somebody wants to connect with you to learn more about what you got going on or to help them, uh, what's the website? Yes, my website is www.thenealgroupgroupllc.com. That's a lot, but it's the Neil Group llc.com well thank you so much for sharing your story today you're doing such important work and we appreciate you thank you all right this is lee Cantor. we'll see you all next time on atlanta business radio 